What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host, Rob Howe. We are here in the summer of 2020 at the time of publishing. This story is particularly relevant to today's events, and that is why it's such a shame that it took me so long to publish it. Uh, what you're going to hear was recorded on April 16th, 2020, during the early days of COVID-19 lockdown. It features a patient that was introduced to me uh, by the Integrated Diabetes Services team, and shout out to Catherine Jentz, uh, who is uh, their intern, who introduced me some awesome patients from Integrated Diabetes Services, some of whom we've already featured, and uh, some that are more to come on the podcast, all who are around the world doing things with diabetes. One of those patients, Deepak Malhotra, who you're gonna meet on this episode, lives in Dubai. He and I had some scheduling conflicts, Uh, which is pretty normal of international interviews. Balancing busy schedules takes a lot of time and coordination when eight plus time zones are involved. And our original interview was going to be in March. And during our scheduling mix-up, Deepak actually contracted COVID-19. And he walks through that in this interview. So this interview's title changed. And we talk a little bit about the sort of synchronicity for you know the the reason that this moment has happened and you know kind of everything happens for a reason type type chats, um, Deepak is a survivor of COVID nineteen so that that is one thing I want to make sure to get out of the way and he goes into how people in Dubai are living uh, particularly people with diabetes are living and, and being treated for coronavirus uh, as needed and and sort of the lockdown that they have there as well so this is diabetics surviving COVID nineteen with Deepak Malhotra I'll get it right to the interview. I do want to say, though, uh, I have not edited the interview for medical accuracy, so I try. I do my best to not make any medical claims or recommendations on this show, uh, even revolving diabetes, because I am not a doctor. Uh, but if you need more information on how people with diabetes can continue to fight against coronavirus and protect yourselves against coronavirus, please visit coronavirusdiabetes.org, presented by Beyond Type 1 and the JDRF Alliance. So with that, I'll get back to the episode. Please enjoy this conversation with Deepak Maholtra. Welcome back to another episode of the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We are telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all across the world. And my very special guest today, uh, calling from, you know, the key part of that phrase is from across the world, calling me from Dubai, Deepak Maholtra. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, I I mentioned this to you before we got on the got on the recording. But if you if you believe that everything happens for a reason, this episode is for you because you and I were supposed to talk maybe six weeks ago. Uh, and you know, with scheduling conflicts, I couldn't really make that work. And then we had to reschedule again. Uh, but since then you've had a pretty eventful last few weeks. If, uh, I guess that's the bit, the understatement of the century. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the first thing we had to grapple with was the time zones between us. Uh, I think we're about nine, 10 hours difference, but, uh, having overcome that, um, on, uh, the early March, I started feeling a bit unwell. I started feeling uh, quite fatigued. Interestingly, in February, between the 19th and 23rd, I was in Madrid. I went to the ATDD conference. Um, and uh, that was a, a great experience as a, as a person with diabetes. Came back to Dubai. Um, didn't really have what I would say the classic COVID symptoms. You know, I didn't have fever. I didn't have a sore throat. I didn't have a cough. I didn't have breathlessness. But I knew something wasn't right. And I guess as a diabetic, we're quite sensitive to these things. We can tell, we can tell when our blood sugars aren't in sync, particularly with all the kit that we have. 
Um, and that prompted me to, to go and see my doctor and say, look, I think I might have this virus. Can, can I get a test? Can you get me checked out? And she said, look, unfortunately, you don't meet the requirements. I cannot test you. I said, okay, fair enough. I also did it with my mum, who's 74, uh, who's used to, is a, is a, had, has had cancer, who's a, had, you know, who's a type 2 diabetic and has high blood pressure. So she's a high-risk person. So I was actually more worried about her than anything else. And we live together as, as a family here, here in Dubai with my wife and, and young kids. So I, I then, a few days after that, went to the hospital and said, look, I really, I really still not feeling well. Can you please test me? I have been traveling. I was in Madrid. Interestingly, in the end of Feb, I was in Delhi for one night. And in my hotel, one person was diagnosed with COVID. So potentially there's a link there. Can you please um, test me? They agreed to test me, which is great. Now, in Dubai, interesting at that time, once they tested me, they said, you have to stay until you get your result. So they, they came in a room. I was in quarantine. I thought, okay, fair enough. I didn't think I had it because I didn't have the classic symptoms. So in the end, they they, they, they kept me in. And uh, I went on the Friday. I think it was Friday the 13th. And then on the 14th night, Saturday, I got a call. Uh, about one, two in the morning in my room saying, um, unfortunately, you've been uh, positive. I thought, wow. I was a bit shocked. I didn't expect it. So then it was like too late to call my family. I called some of my colleagues in the UK because they needed to know because I was in contact with them. My biggest fear was, have I given it to anyone else at that time? And then I was also thinking, well, what's going to happen to me? How bad is this going to be? Uh, but on the latter, I was quite hopeful. That I thought, well, I haven't had the symptoms that badly so far hopefully i'll be all right and i was also told moved by the hospital to a uh, negative airflow room within the within the hospital and basically said until you have two negative uh tests in a row you, you can't leave it so you hmm. can't leave your room this is a legal restriction in, in the uae which in my view again is quite sensible so I, 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 I was diagnosed, moved to another room, had to start, you know, thinking about how many of my things, my medicines, my food, my clothes, contacting people, telling people. And the next day, I literally, you may have read from the article I, I sent you in, in, in the UAE newspaper, having to phone about 20 people that you've been through, been with in the last 14 days and say, hey, dude, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I may have infected you. Hmm. Not the easiest conversation. And so I, I imagine too that just carries with it some, you know, just personal feelings of, you know, personal emotions and uh, and you know fear. Do you remember any, you know, of those twenty people? Has anybody you know tested positive, or has it has it also you know affected them in any way? No, they haven't. So the good, so firstly, good thing about Dubai immediately have been have been diagnosed. Um, the Dubai Health Authority contacted me, um, which is like the government authority here. And they arranged my family to be tested immediately and my colleagues to be tested immediately, which is great. And then they asked for the, they asked for the, you know, the contact trace and they asked for details of all the people who I've been in touch with, name, number, whatever. And, and they also could, had the right to get tested if they wanted to. Unlike, you know, the UK, US and other countries, there's no real shortage of uh, testing here. So, um, you know, people got tested and fortunately everyone uh, came negative. And I, I put it down to one thing. I'm no doctor. I'm no expert. But because I didn't have a cough, because I wasn't sneezing and because I had really good hygiene at that time, because we were worried about COVID at that time, I don't think I gave it to anyone because of that. And I think that's probably the theory because it's quite weird how no one got it from me. 
Well, and I think it's interesting too, and it's a good, you know, shifting shifting gears a little bit to your own symptoms. It seems like you are for the most part asymptomatic, which is what we hear from people who who have and test positive for COVID, but don't have the cough, fever, classic symptoms that you hear about. I wouldn't say asymptomatic because if you look, I read a study coming out of China saying 40% of people had fatigue and 40% roughly people had sputum. Um, and I had sputum and I had fatigue. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's asymptomatic, but I would say I had, didn't have the classic symptoms. So I, you read 78% of people, whatever, supposed to have fever. Well, I didn't have fever. I didn't have the other symptoms. And, and again, you know, I, I put that down to... Um, to some extent, my diabetes being well controlled. So yeah, um, let's let's talk about that a bit. As a person with diabetes, obviously we've yeah. read a lot of the literature that's put put out by the World Health Organization. But in the United States, you know, we have the Center for Disease Control, and they you know put people with diabetes in the high risk group. But you know, at, you know, subsequent information has come out saying you know people who are have their diabetes in control. Uh, and, you know, are otherwise, you know, healthy, you know, by, by normal standards uh, are at less of a risk. And, and really, they just have the same risk as a regular person, uh, you know, in, regarding COVID. Um, and as I see, it, those of you listening, you can't see, but uh, Deepak just took a, a hit of a Frezza. So obviously, your lungs are, are, are feeling good. So uh, and mm-hmm. as we breathe in that insulin. So for you, like when you first were diagnosed, what were, what were your immediate thoughts as a person with diabetes testing positive for COVID? And then how did your diabetes respond throughout the time you were in quarantine and, uh, and you know, e- even just going through the day-to-day with the virus? So I, I think the impact of the diabetes were, was very apparent prior to me going to, to get tested, which prompted me to get tested because I knew there was something wrong with me. I would go to the gym, I'd come back, I'd fall asleep, I'd be really tired, and I'd have quite elevated blood sugars. And I thought, you know, there's something in me, there's something wrong. So as a person with diabetes, I guess the fear is when you're diagnosed is, am I going to be more serious because I'm quote unquote immunocompromised, point one, and how am I going to control my sugars? So let's talk about the latter. I'm I'm very lucky that uh, I'm on the loop system. Um, thanks to, to Gary, Gary Shiner and his team who, who got me set up on this. And the loop system enables you to put in this temp basal of I've been at 150% at the time. And it enabled me to um, automate the increased uh, delivery of insulin that the virus promoted. So I think, you know, I was, I would probably say, because I was in a room, I was static. Mm. That has some impact on having an elevated basal. And then I always had an elevated basal because of, I, I, I had the virus. I would say the be, you know beginning time in, in hospital, 70 to 80% increase in basal. Um, and then you'd interestingly see it tail off. And that's our own unique thing as a diabetic to know when you're getting better, you can see your insulin coming back to normal because you can see the virus is kind of going out of your system, which also corresponded to me being tested negative at that time well so you know loop is great cgmm cgm is great the pump is great all linked up with the 10 basal feature kind of they got on with it which which was brilliant and 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 again coming back to the point about diabetics and, and the risk of covid look we all have the equivalent risk of catching it it's what impact it has on you and and i think what my personal experience shows if you're a well-controlled type 1 diabetic you should be as good and who's otherwise healthy because, you know, there's no point being 
well controlled having other issues but you know i'm generally quite fit and healthy that i think made the symptoms much less severe than they could have been so you credit even you know the preparation that you were doing and the way that you were managing your diabetes and your you know overall health beforehand as you know instrumental in you being able to overcome covid and, and fight off the symptoms and those types of things absolutely fundamental um i i because end of the day it all comes down to your health and your uh, you know your 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 ability to fight off these these, these infections and i don't i think if i didn't have this control um which i have in terms of hp1c timing range etc i i think you know i think i would have been probably a lot worse and have you and i, I know that you know Catherine has introduced us uh from dr gary's uh you know, practice and, uh, he, she's made a number of introductions to me beforehand, uh, you know, before this COVID piece and, you know, our original interview would have been more along the lines of how has uh, your relationship with Dr. Gary and your, you know, commitment to technology and to overall health, uh, you know, played a part in, you know, you managing your diabetes and you know, we would tell that story, but you know, how, how much now, like that story would have changed dramatically, right? Like the, the things that you were doing beforehand allowed you to, be more comfortable to be uh, be more responsive to be able to physically fight off the the COVID nineteen virus, uh, and you know there's really no way to quantify how important that is, right? And like you weren't necessarily doing that because of COVID nineteen, you were doing that for overall health, and as a result, you were able to overcome the virus relatively, I would say, relatively sim easily. Yes. Yeah, you, you have your challenges and struggles, you know, like, you know, you, you were, I was very fatigued, I was unwell, I was tired. Um, and then even after I, I came out, I had a bit of a relapse. So I took some time off work, because I was very tired, very fatigued. But again, it could have been a lot worse. And, and going back to Dr. Gary, I, I went to see him in May 18. With my wife, we went over to Philly, uh, from all the way from Dubai, because he kind of felt a bit lost. With diabetes, I went through a lot of challenges, had a number of issues, particularly around sight issues and other things. And 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 but, but you know, if, I think I always see the US as the the leading center for tech and ideas and innovation. So going to meet Gary was a massive eye opener. From the, on the back of that, I went to to see go to to, to take care of your diabetes conference, um, which I heard about. Yeah, because Gary mentioned I've got to know Dr. Edelman, who's a great guy. Um, so through, you know, Dr. Gary and then Jenny, who was one of his team, I, I got to learn about the Fraser. I got to learn about Lou. I got to learn about the Take Care of Diabetes Conference. So all of that kind of followed from there was, was life changing in terms of my diabetes. And now I'm pretty much, you know, I'm a loop with a Fraser. I don't think you can get many more cutting edge, I guess, in terms of, um, you know, diabetes and that type one in terms of the control, the care. With an HPO1C of you know 6.0, 6.1 timing range about, I mean sorry, standard deviation about 1.5. So it's it's very and, and I live I live life, you know, I travel, I train, I, do, I don't travel anymore, but because of because I'm locked down. But you know, I do everything. So I put a lot of credit down to Gary, Dr. Gary and his team, and then following that, Dr. Edelman as well. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I'd love to know. You know, you mentioned the U.S. sort of being on the cutting edge of technology and innovation, especially around diabetes care. What was your, you know, before coming to to the U.S. in 2018, what was your, you know, diagnosis story? Give us the, you know, what was your life with diabetes like prior to meeting with Dr. Gary and with, and with Jenny and their team? What, what sort of what prompted you to make that change and really seek that out? 
I felt it was quite stressful. I could control my diabetes, but I felt quite stressed all the time with it. And I didn't feel I had the tools to deal with that. So I think seeing Dr. Gary and his team opened my eyes to get the tools to deal with, with that. Yeah, Meeting I think it's it, other things. something that's really interesting, I think, for a lot of my listeners when we when I have guests on from overseas. Uh, and obviously, you're a well-traveled man, so you you understand that every 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 place is different. You know, every every country's got a different healthcare system, a different uh, way that they do things, and with that comes a sense of uh, differences around diabetes management, around technology discussions. What would you say? your diabetes management and your diabetes knowledge was like in the UAE prior to coming to Philadelphia in 2018? So even while I was living in the UAE, I, 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 I moved to the UAE from the UK. Um, although I'm of Indian origin, I, I was born in, in the UK and I, I, I lived most of my life in the UK. So my treatment, even once I moved here, was pretty much in the UK because for type ones, bear in mind the UAE is a small place, Dubai is a small place. Um, there is there is limited in terms of the, the depth of care. Uh, but I think there's quite good type 1 care for P- pediatrics. But for adult type 1, there isn't a huge amount of specialism here. So because I'm in London a lot anyway, I, I get my treatment in the UK. But So my benchmark, I would say, is more the UK than the UAE. Um, but I would say the, the, the UK, well, you know, and I have a very good doctor in the UK, he's a great guy. Um, but I think the adoption of technology which ultimately is the game changer now in diabetes. It's all about tech. It's far more advanced in the US than, than in the UK. Um, and, 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 and even the tools available, I think. Like Fresh is not available in the UK. Right. Uh, loop, yes, is there. But if you compare the number of loopers in the UK to the US, it's, it's a different, uh, different level. Um, so I, I would say, and, and, and the UK, the, it's a different the UK is an NHS based system it's a government based right. system so there's again it's great in some way but there's limitations in other ways so I don't know if you know I mean I think only 25% of people in the UK I mean don't quote me but you may need to check this figure yourself have CGMS right you know that's startling so the US is generally you know I know there's challenges with the health system in the US in terms of how it's set up and devised but in terms of tech and, and usage of tech it's, it's light years ago. Right. I think, you know, it kind of blurs the lines of like healthcare and then free market economy where there's still, you know, uh, you know, innovation and, you know, entrepreneurs and, and people who are making these amazing tech developments. Uh, but then access becomes the issue across the board. Right. So uh, it seems like that's, and, you that's know, economics, from, isn't it? it? It is. It's, you know, it's really it's, it's economics. It's uh, it really comes down to like there, there really isn't a system that I could point to and say this, this is exactly the way it should be. I think mm. there's stories in the UK about people uh, who are struggling. There's the stories in the of Canada, people who are struggling. There's obviously the US people oh. struggling. So there's uh, it, I can't point to a perfect system, but there's certainly ones that work uh, you know differently, like you said. So um, it's cool to see I mean, like, like how community is a factor as well, um, and. You know, for those listening, don't quote me on this uh, either. But uh, I, re- I read a study at the ADA conference, the scientific sessions in 2018, that mentions that people who are involved in diabetes blogs, social media, the online community have better A1C outcomes 100% of the time than people who are not. And so, you know, just to hear you talking about 
not only getting in touch with Dr. Gary and, and going over to the U.S., but also attending the TCOID, Taking Control of Your Diabetes Conference, meeting other people, being exposed to the community, the Loop community, the Afreza community, and learning about diabetes technology right. and like the impact that can have on your management and your life. And like you said, just your stress level. It's huge. And just taking it one step further. So uh, I, I then, through Loop, got onto Facebook. I, I don't have a Facebook account. I only used it for Loop. And then the Loopers uh, Facebook thing was, was amazing. And, and Dr. Edelman told me about the ATTD conference in Madrid, which is maybe where I actually got COVID. Who knows? <laughs> and um, I, I, I went there and we had a Loopers event. And so that was phenomenal where you had 30 very highly motivated diabetics all with the same you know, issue and, and, and use of tech as you in the same room. And we had a night out together and we're on, we have a WhatsApp group and a Facebook group, and, and it's fantastic. So that is uh, that is great. Yeah, that that's certainly been an eye opener. Yeah, I think just the it's hard to explain to somebody who has not opted into that type of community how impactful it can be. You know, even even if it's just meeting up with a group of people who. Mm-hmm you know, have knowledge that, you know, or have been doing something longer. Like I imagine that loop loop group at ATTD in Madrid was, uh, you know, eye opening for the, just the knowledge share and the, you know, the tips, um, the hacks, the, uh, the way that people live their life around that technology. Absolutely. You know, Katie, who set one of the people behind all of it, she was there. There were some type one endos who were loopers who were there, uh, you know, for quite phenomenal, quite phenomenal. So let's shift gears a little bit. I, what what is what's life like in the UAE right now at home for you? Uh, you know, you're obviously calling from your home, and you, we had talked a little bit about this before we jumped on the recording. But for those people who are in the U.S. right now, where you know maybe maybe they're in a big city like New York and they're you know fully on lockdown, or maybe they're in a rural area and uh, things aren't as uh, aren't as strict. What is life like in Dubai right now? Very, very in terms of lockdown, very strict. Um, you you can't leave the house without getting a permit which you have to apply for online. You can only leave the house for uh, to get food. And if you do, you have to go alone and you have to wear a mask and gloves. Um, or you can go to the pharmacy again on your own, or you have to go to a medical appointment. And the only other examples, if you're one of the, one of the, one of the prescribed professions or employment works where you're able to go, to go out to work with a doctor or you know, work construction or whatever it may be. So pretty much you're at home. But I'm fine. I, I don't mind it at all. I quite like it being... I've never had this much time with my kids before. Um, yeah. You know, the weather's great. You sit in the garden. It's nice and warm. You know, you work from home. You spend have lunch as a family, dinner as a family, barbecues. Great. I don't, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I've, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've spent uh, a lot more time at home. Uh, work, work-wise, work it seems like, you know, at least 90% of the productivity we're able to get just working from home, mm-hmm. uh, at least in my uh, case. And I get to spend more time with my fiance, and I and uh, yeah, we have dinner together every night. That's just a, it's a different it's it's a different rhythm, but I'm enjoying it. I think I've seen a lot of people, and there's a lot of jokes online about spending too much time with family, spending uh, the uh, you know getting on each other's nerves, or you know little ticks or whatever. But uh, I haven't experienced that uh, yet, so and I don't anticipate that I will. So uh, it's been no, a nice uh, been a nice change of pace. Absolutely. And I think the world is rebooting. Everyone was going at such a fast pace, and I, I consider myself guilty of that as well. <clears throat> so to not travel, to not commute, to be at home, to be with family, to, to be healthy with food and everything else, you know, you're not eating out 
you know, eating crap um, is, is great. And I think we're back to kind of grass, we're back to basics. And let's hope this can, that aspect, obviously it's horrendous what's happening out there, but let's hope some posit- that positive continues um, and we all benefit in that way. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm starting to see, you know, I think at first I was clouded and, and felt a heavy weight of what was going on in the world. And obviously it's tragic. I mean, as of today, we're more than 22,000 Americans are, have died from COVID-19, which is just a, a terrible mm. tragedy. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that there are some positives. We start to realize, um, you know, 70% or so of the U.S. economy GDP is spent on consumer goods things that we don't necessarily need uh, always. So, you know, really getting down to essentials, uh, health, food, exercise, time with family. And I certainly miss traveling. I love, that's a, that's a part of my life that I really like as well. And I, as well, uh, you know, I kind of echo your sentiments as well. I'm certainly guilty of trying to do too much and trying to go too far and kind of stretching myself a bit. Uh, So it's been nice to be kind of grounded, really just sit in my house and and be here uh, with my family. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can take some positive things. I think the environment impact, the impact on the environment, at least in the U.S., uh, for sure, oh, yeah. is being positively yeah. impacted. Globally, yeah. The Phenomenal. air is fresh. I mean, uh, you look at it in like, somewhere like Delhi, which is a very, very polluted city, pretty much polluted city in the world, and you look at pictures from there, and it's, it's, it's amazing, as clear as anything. And so that, you know, Delhi is breathing again. So there's some cities in the world where, where, where mankind has really uh, hammered them. Um, and, and, you know, you're getting... Uh, such beautiful environmental uh, results now so yeah you know even still uh, obviously here is not quite as strict as it is in uae uh, so people are still allowed to walk around and even though they've encouraged everyone to wear masks and gloves uh you know you'll see some people running walking their you know walking their kids outside walking their dogs uh, more people outside uh, just recreationally than i've I'll ever seen i'll look outside my window now <laughs> uh, and i cannot see i so there's one person there I can see. Well, I can see two people who probably shouldn't even be out there. Um, <laughs> that's it. You know, you know, you can't, you can't even go out for a walk here. So, yeah. um, and and I think there are advantages too. You know, uh, having those discussions uh, with with my fiance and or with my business partner and such is like in America. We and we talked a little bit about this before. One of our you know great traits is our stubbornness and our kind of bucking the system and pushing back. And, um, you know, and that sparks innovation in a lot of ways, but at times like this, I don't think it serves us very well because I think there are people who are putting, putting themselves at unnecessary risks. And, uh, you know, part of our, part of our problem is, you know, controlling the spread of this, of this virus. And we're, you know, in some places not doing a great job of that and, you know, suffering the consequences. So, um, you know, in some places like UAE, where think where the lockdown's a little bit stricter and there's a little bit more oversight on that, I think uh, we're starting to see better results in terms of flattening the curve of COVID. And obviously, you yourself, having been through uh, as on a first person basis, um, you know, are I'm, I'm sure are seeing that. Um, Absolutely. So you know, hopefully, you know the the rest of the world can take a cue from uh, from the countries like UAE who are you know doing a really nice job and minim- minimizing the, yeah. the impact. UAE has got a really strict lockdown. And if in countries like India, if they didn't do it, you'd have millions of people who would die. Hmm. Uh, now, it's not perfect how they're dealing with it, but you have to, countries like that, you have to be strict. You have to, you know, otherwise they don't have the resources. So, you know, fingers crossed, you know, particularly in some of the more developing countries, they, they, they can deal with it. And they're being very strict. So, 
I think the developing countries know they're not strict. It's, it's the consequences are, are dire. They can't just print money and uh, right you know, trillions into the market. It doesn't work like that for these guys. No, it doesn't. Let's talk a little bit about just general sentiment for people with diabetes who are listening to this. Um, for, as a person who has di- has diabetes, is well-controlled, uh, has lived through COVID-19, for someone who's out there worried about the virus or is experiencing a lot of anxiety or fear, what would you tell them about your experience? I think, look, um, clearly you want to try and avoid getting it. So take whatever steps you can in terms of hygiene and social distancing and everything else like anyone would. <clears throat> That's the first thing. I think if you do that, your probability of getting it is low. Now, it, one should also do everything one can <clears throat> excuse me, to um, bulk up the immune system. So eating healthily, uh, uh, exercising and doing all the, the, the resting and doing all the other things that, that count for good health. And manage your sugars. Stick to basics. If you stick to basics, you probably won't get it. And if you do get it, you'll probably be able to manage it. And then that's it's very simple. And um, and then that's why I would say to anyone, then it's in God's hands. Right. And I think it comes down to almost the way you approach anything, right? Like if you're prepared and you, you know, do everything that you can to avoid it and give yourself the best chance, then, you know, I think that your outcomes ultimately can be very positive. Absolutely. Um, and I'm Absolutely. so you use the tools. I think use your tools like loop and other things as much as you can, because if you do get it, you have your ability to deal with this or any other illness are much better as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting. Like um, early on the comparison uh, of COVID-19 was to the, the flu. And mm. uh, especially for people with diabetes is yes, if you get the flu, you experience elevated sugars. Uh, you, if nausea presents problems for hypos and hyperglycemic incidents, um, and, you know, it's sim- similar to, you know, COVID-19 in that way. But, you know, people with good, you know, blood sugars that are in range and good diabetes control do not struggle with the flu as much as those who, who are on the other right. end of that spectrum. So, and that's the thing. I don't really get the flu. I do have the flu jab anyway. And, and the impact of the COVID was, was like I said, 50, 60 cent on the basal. So it wasn't that dramatic. But I guess if someone's hit badly, then I guess it would be a lot more dramatic. Sure. Um, I think it's just like any virus. It is. And so, you know, as you uh, are kind of, you know, now in this position to uh, to be the one of the unofficial spokespeople of uh, living through COVID uh, mm. as a person with diabetes, I, th- I, I believe there's at least two other folks that I've seen, uh, you know, podcast interviews with who uh, who have type one. Uh, and Interestingly enough, all of them are from uh, from other countries outside the U.S., which I think is an interesting. Uh, Maybe component. it's because we get tested more. That that too, and I think I always <laughs> uh, I always you know take take metrics you know, and this this is a uh, because in the U.S. like uh, you know there's a lot of information control because I believe, and this is a this is a hot take from me. This is I usually don't get in too much to this on the podcast, but it's an election year. So there the government is doing whatever they can to minimize unemployment, minimize the number of cases, minimize the number of deaths. Politics anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. course. Look, the the testing thing is, is interesting because, you know, if you look at someone like Germany, um, Germany's had a huge number of tests and look at the number of deaths in Germany. Look at Korea. Um, Look at the UAE, 20 plus deaths, not that many deaths, huge 600,000 tests testing for a population of 10 million. So 
countries like the UK and the U US, which are way behind the curve in terms of testing, again, it's not a political statement, it's just a, a matter of fact. Right. Um, you, you're not, you don't know, there's so many people going to be sitting there with this, spreading it around, and, and, you know, and that's unfortunate. There's not much you can do about that. It's the system. It's not people's fault. So that probably why you've had it from people in other countries, because, you know, from the UK, for example, unless you're seriously ill and you're in hospital, you can't get tested until very recently. I think they've just changed the, the matrix. So you won't know. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, in the U.S. that are probably the same thing. It's like you know, just feel under the weather. They are or they're asymptomatic. They don't even know that they have it and uh, they get over it and, uh, you know, and, and move on. And they're not necessarily part of the right. full number. Um, but with a mass testing now, I think, you know, for diabetics as well, I think it's very important for, 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 you know, okay, I got through this okay, but maybe, you know, many, some people wouldn't. So for those who are immunocompromised, having mass testing is just critical. And the sooner that can happen, whether it's UK, US or Timbuktu, the better. And it's critical for those people at risk because until a vaccine's found, this thing's going to be around for a while. And because uh, um, then, then the testing, then the thing is going to be, well, can you test for having the antibody? Right. So there's a lot of work. This is a few, there's a long, no stories to go yet. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think we're really hard. only at, at the beginning, like you said. And, oh, early, uh, early doors, early doors, early doors. So, exactly. you know, I, I think the idea and, you know, as I you know, have conversations with friends or I read things in the media, you know, there's this sense of like, hey, okay, great. We're flattening the curve or whatever the, whatever the narrative might be. We're going to get back to normal soon. I, I just think that that's short-sighted. Uh, I think that our new normal is going to be uh, slow, uh, it's slow to roll out. And, you know, there's still a lot of people who are at risk and a lot of work that has to go on and time, unfortunately, that has to take place before a vaccine is approved and uh, before Absolutely. we'll be able to be back. You know, in tell you one yeah, in interesting thing I saw today in the papers that they're talking uh, like football matches in England. Right. They're not going to be with crowds probably for 12 to 18 months and things like that. I mean, that's quite fun. Mass gatherings, fundamental. And one sad thing for us as diabetics is a lot of the new tech and the new things that have been developed with trials and everything, all of that's on hold. Right. I remember going to the ATDD conference and looking at all these new things that were amazing and very interesting for me. All these trials are going to be on hold. We're going to be impacted in so many ways we can't even fathom at this stage. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, as a kid, you're going through world history and you're reading about uh, plagues and wars and depressions and things like this. Uh, and I think now we're looking at one of those. If we kind of take a step back and, and look, up, look, look above and take a higher viewpoint, we're just at the beginning of a world changing, uh, you know, culture altering event. And, uh, you know, the, the fallout is going to be. Uh, very different. And like you said, football matches, I think the, the NBA is my, is my favorite sport. And I, I, I imagine they'll probably play the NBA finals and NBA playoffs in like a practice gym with nobody in it. And that'll just be the new reality for a while. It'll be very, very, very interesting. And, and just, uh, you were talking about the, um, new reality. Um, I, I think for, for diabetics now, it gives, gives us the opportunity to, you know, it's because this could go on for quite a while. Is, is say, okay, if your control's not even great now, just work on it. You're at home as well. You've been a routine. You know, you've got every opportunity now to get your control smart. Use the tools you've got. Keep your control good. And if God forbid this hits you, then you'll be well placed to, to, to deal with it. So, 
And that's my advice for you know, do your exercise, rest, get your control good, and you can fight this as if if it, if it actually comes. Because most people are going to probably get it. They don't, you know, until it comes a vaccine, most people are going to probably get it. I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. So I think, you know, you, you bring up a great point, like whatever you can do today to get ready for that, that preparation can serve you really well long-term. So, um, well, Deepak, I appreciate you taking the time this evening on your, on your end, uh, and, uh, you know, for helping coordinate, uh, with, with Sharon and, and getting this, uh, on the books. Uh, I'm grateful that we were both able to reschedule this to a time that you had a little bit different perspective than the first time we would have gotten together. Um, and I, and I'd love to, uh, to check in back with you in a few weeks and just see how things are doing over there. And, um, uh, but yeah, I uh, just want to extend gratitude, uh, from me here in the United States. And, uh, you know, it's great to meet you. Uh, please, you know, reach out at any time. If, if you have any, you know, breaking news, I feel like, you know, you've been unofficially named one of the COVID spokespeople for people with diabetes. So, uh, you know. <laughs> that's why I did my video diaries. I don't know if you saw the video diaries. Um, did you see my daily video diary? You got that, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Sharon shared that with me. So yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. So you got the, there was an article, the video diaries and it's a time in history, you know? And so, uh, yeah, you, you want to look back at this in years to come and think, okay, wow, this, this is something quite, 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 uh, quite a landmark. And, um, if by doing this podcast, I can help other people, um, who with, with the condition, then I'd be delighted to. Well, I, that, that brings me to my last question. I know you don't, you have a Facebook just for the purpose of your Facebook groups. Is there a place mm. online where you think, uh, people who are listening and they, if they want to reach out would be a good place to do that? Yeah, I think look, if you're via your website or your podcast, if anyone reaches out to you, then then connect me with them on email or something. No Great. Problem. I'm happy to do that. So, delighted yeah. delighted to, to help anyone. Great. Well, Deepak, thank you so much again. And, uh, you know, we'll talk again soon.